On today's show, I'm speaking with sexologist Shamira Howard about her book, Use Your Mouth, pocket-sized conversations to simply increase seven types of intimacy in and out of the bedroom. Shamira has practical and powerful wisdom to share when it comes to intimacy and sex. She teaches that building a strong connection outside of the bedroom will result in more pleasure inside the bedroom. It makes perfect sense. Shamira is a gem. I hope you get as much out of our sex and intimacy talk as I did. As always, if you have relationship or sex-related questions for any of our experts, please submit them on our website at realloveready.com, and we will do our best to have our experts answer your question. Welcome to the Let's Talk Love podcast, where we flip the script on outdated narratives and cliches about love and relationships. I'm your host, Robin Ducharme, founder of Real Love Ready. This podcast is for anyone who wants to be better at love, regardless of relationship status. We'll talk about the intimate connections in our lives and the challenges and complexities inherent in those partnerships. Through our no-holds-barred interviews with global experts, we'll gain insight about ourselves and learn new skills to improve our relationships. Because when we learn to love better, we make the world a better place. Are you ready for open and honest conversations about love? Let's get started. Welcome, Shamira Howard. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> I am so incredibly happy to have you on our show today. And on this episode of Let's Talk Love, we have our esteemed guest, Shamira, sexologist Shamira. Shamira is a licensed clinical social worker specializing in sexuality and relationships. She has a private practice serving the Baton Rouge and surrounding areas. Samira is Louisiana's first black AASECT certified sex therapist, which I was so impressed with. She travels and speaks extensively as a sex educator and as the best-selling author of Use Your Mouth, Sex and Relationship Conversation Starters. And um, actually, the, the, the cards, which I have coming in the mail, which I was so sad they, they haven't arrived yet, but I'm excited to use them with my husband. And Use your mouth pocket-sized conversation um, to simply increase seven types of intimacy in and out of the bedroom. And I'm just so happy. Thank you for joining us today, Shamira. Of course. Thank you so much for having me. Listen, I loved our last conversation, so I'm so excited about this one too. I did too. You know, one thing that I am so excited about is when I talk to you, I learn so much. And I know that's true for our community members. And what you're teaching is you know, simple, not easy, right? Like that's, those things don't always correlate, but they're just, they're just really actionable tools and ways that we can start looking at relationships in a different way. So, um, I really love the practicality of what you teach and how you're, you're helping clients. So thank you. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you so much for seeing value in the work and you're right. Simple, not easy. Yeah. Well, you know, that's relationships in a nutshell, right? They're not simple, but they're actual. Well, I, I, I can't say the relationships are simple or easy, but um, one of your one of the quotes that I wrote down and which we have shared on Instagram is something you say is the goal of any relationship is growth. If a person's not committed to the growth of the relationship, then just like any living thing, it dies. It does. It, it is true, right? And that's what this community is all about: is learning how to do 
our relationships better. Because I really believe that there's nothing more important in our lives than the relationships that we have with people we love. So, right. All right. Uh, so today, what I wanted to focus on is talking about your book. And all of you, everything in your book is really about learning how to be more intimate with your partner. And obviously, so many of us mistaken, just we just think, the you know, intimacy is just kind of um, meshed into this ball of just with sex. But that's not what intimacy it's it's more way more than that. Absolutely. Right? It's absolutely way more. And you're right. Whenever um, I tell this this story of whenever I ask clients in session to tell me what is tell me about the intimacy in a relationship, they say, oh, we have sex. We have yeah. sex. I'm like, OK, so that's the sexual part. Right. That's the sexual intimacy. But tell me about the other intimacy, the stuff that you don't the stuff that you're doing when you're not having sex. That's yes. intimacy, right? So um, in the book that you described, the use your mouth, pocket-sized conversations to simply increase seven types of intimacy in and out of the bedroom, I describe uh, what intimacy means outside of sex, but also includes sex as a part of intimacy, not just intimacy, right? So I describe intimacy as um, a long time ago, I remember reading uh, something. I don't remember where I read this at. And then I thought about it and intimacy is being seen, being heard, being valued, being understood. And it's in turn seeing your partner, hearing them, valuing them and understanding them because the goal of intimacy is connection, right? So we're always connecting with our partner or finding ways to connect with them, whether that is in the bedroom and out of the bedroom and what a lot of people don't recognize what we do out of the bedroom determines how good we do in the bedroom. Yes. yes. <laughs> that it was such an insight for me and it makes perfect sense. Yeah. You know, as a therapist, um, you've said your clients come to you and they'll often say, you know, we have a communication problem. How so common, right? But what you're saying is, this often translates to, we have a connection problem. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. You have to ask the right questions to improve the connection. Exactly. So what, I, what I thought we would do is go through the seven ways that intimacy, like seven different types of intimacy, one by one. That's and then we, and I've, we have some community questions that have come in for you that I, that I will ask as we speak about these different types of intimacy. Um, but I just think it's, it, I loved your book, Use Your Mouth. I really, I just want to say, I know it's pocket-sized, um, but every page, there's so much in it. So I would recommend anybody to pick this, pick this book up and keep it, keep it next to your bed, right? Yeah, <laughs> Why not? Keep it, keep it next to your bed, put it in your purse, put it in your back pocket. That's why I made it pocket size, right? Because when people were asking about intimacy and they were looking for a book, what they made it clear was that they didn't want to read another self-help novel. They wanted practical, insightful stuff that they could use today, especially after making the cars. They were like, we want something like the cars, but in a book, I said, I got you. I know exactly what yeah. you're looking for. And they were like, ah, oh, you delivered, you did it. Right. So like you said, it is small, but mighty. Absolutely. So the first, um, first type of intimacy is emotional intimacy. So can you tell us what encompasses emotional intimacy? Yeah. So some people might say that emotional intimacy is the biggest part or the most um, important form of intimacy for them that gets 
all of the other forms of intimacy in line. So in a nutshell, the emotional intimacy is basically what I just described when I was talking about intimacy. It's how safe are you with and for your partner? And when I say safe, I mean, are you a soft place to land? Mm -hmm. Do you recognize and accept accountability? Do you pull your portion of the relationship? Do you meet your partner where they need to be met? Um, Do you provide that emotional security in the relationship? And most importantly, are you and your partner vulnerable contributors in the relationship? Which means, are you raw, right? Are you emotionally risky? Are you taking emotional risks? Mm-hmm. Or are you avoiding things to go along to get along? How do you in the relationship, the emotional intimacy is all about how do you engage in conflict? How do you recover in the relationship together and individually? So though that is the that is what I what I'm saying when I'm saying emotional intimacy, what I'm talking about is the security and the stability of the relationship. Definitely. You said the lack of emotional intimacy in a relationship can make or break the relationship because of the levels of vulnerability and security that need, you need those two things to sustain a long-term relationship. Yeah. The other thing you did, which I, which I read was, I thought, wow, this is a, this is good is, you know, if, if you're coming to your partner with anything that's from that place of vulnerability and you need to talk to to that person, like, are you holding your breath while Mm -hmm. you are having these discussions, these hard discussions, which you're inevitably going to have on a regular basis. On a regular basis. Like, and that does come from that. That is like, do you recognize that this person is safe to talk to about really anything? Because, and and I really thought that indicator of, are you holding your breath? Are you able to actually use your voice? Right. Mm -hmm. This is, I mean, the the name of your book is use your mouth, but are you really able safely? Do you feel safe to have those hard conversations? Right. right. And when we say safe, Robin, you know, we're not talking about like just necessarily physically safe. We mean emotionally safe. Like, um, is this a place that is welcoming to my opinion, to my thought is or will I be shamed for my opinion? Um, Will I be titled a complainer because I have an issue or is my partner someone who understands that? It's okay if I have a complaint or an issue and it doesn't mean that is their fault or something for them to fix. It means that it's time to listen. It means that it's time for for us to acknowledge whatever the issue is and figure out what our next steps are. It's a way to problem solve. Yeah. The other thing you say is about feelings. And I really like this. The feelings want to be experienced and released but we tend to want to hold them hostage. So can you talk about this, please? Well, I mean, especially in this era of uh, Insta therapy and, um, in, and social media therapy, where people throw around phrases like, everything is about your feelings. That's just mm. not true. You know, we no. can't go around thinking that our feelings run the world or we need to just... I tell people all the time, feel your feelings, right? So feelings, they want to be felt, experienced, and let go, right? So we feel our feelings. We feel 
deal and heal, right? That is the process. It's not feel, feel, feel. It's feel, deal, and heal. We feel our feelings. We deal with whatever the consequences are and we heal from it if necessary. So when I say experience and release, I mean, if I am feeling disconnected from my partner and I'm like, you know, I've been feeling really disconnected from you because you've been on your phone a lot lately, especially when we are supposed to be having um, couples time or our hour, and I'm just not feeling very close. If you spend most of your time in the space of I'm disconnected, I'm disconnected, it doesn't matter what your partner does, you are going to still have this thought of I'm disconnected. And it doesn't necessarily mean that you're still feeling disconnected in that moment, but you're bringing that all over the relationship and expecting your partner to walk on eggshells or punishing them because of something they did two days ago that they are now trying to fix, but you won't allow them to. So it's tell when I say experience and let go, it's Notice what's happening in your body. Oh, I'm not feeling uneasy about this. I'm getting an attitude, right? I'm about to go off up in here because you're not paying attention to me. And then what is this feeling coming from? Oh, I don't feel connected. We're supposed to be watching a movie and they're on their phone. Let them know. You know, I'm feeling disconnected because I want us to watch this movie and you're on your phone. Can we spend this time together? Let it go once your partner and you decide to fix it, or it's acknowledged, let it go. Yes. Move on. Yeah. Stop robbing the moment because you want to stay in those feelings. No. That's right. Yeah. So in, in the book, I really like the fact that you've got these questions that you can pose to each other to see if you're on the same page with emotional intimacy. So I, I just um, jotted down a few, which I thought were good for pointing out where your EI is at <laughs> as a couple. Your EQ. So, yep, your EQ. So number one would be, what can I do to help you feel good about yourself? I like that. You're, mm-hmm. you're actually just posing, okay, what can I do to help you feel better, right? How can I be more supportive of your feelings? And how would you describe the way I express my feelings? You might, mm-hmm. you know, these are just, I, I really like the fact that you've got these um, pointers on how you can, you're engaging in these conversations to get to know each other better, really, and see Absolutely. how things are going, it's, checking in. Checking in and to establish that connection. When we talk about our relationships, when we talk about sex, we tend to like each other more. We tend to like it more because we learn more about each other and we are able to be vulnerable, especially if our partner is accepting us and hearing us and understanding where we're coming from. We connect when we talk. Yeah. Well, so we've got a community question. Mm -hmm. This question is a lot of times when we're asking for things from our partners, we are trying to feel connected without always realizing that is what we are seeking. Do you have any tips for folks in the community who have a hard time expressing their needs in their relationships? Yeah, that is powerful. Sometimes we do like the things that we do. um, We're, we are looking for ways to connect, right? And so the Gottmans call it bids for connection, right? So we're throwing out things and we're trying to connect with our partner and they're not picking up on it. Um, and it's because our partners are my readers, right? So we also have to recognize when 
do our part and be self-aware and recognize when it's time for us to make time for our partner. But it's important for us to call things up and to call them out to your partner, right? Or to call them in with your partner. So versus a call, call out, call them in, right? Have a call in where you talk about what your experience is, just like I just described the feeling of disconnect, right? When you say you don't feel connected, what does that mean? Because here's the other thing to connection. A lot of times, this even happens in my relationship. Um, And a lot of times I'm like, oh, yeah, I want to spend more time. Let me tell you something. My husband and I spend all the time together, like all the time, especially during the past two years. We're always in the car together. We're always going to pick up food. We're watching a show. The rare times that I do get to watch a show. However, that is a lot of, like I said, that's a lot of time, but it's not necessarily intentional. And the difference is quality time versus quantity time, quality connection versus quantity, right? So it's not about how much or how often we do, but it's about what do we do when we have this time and how are we facilitating it? So if what couples really like, what people really like, what makes them feel really connected is intention. So saying, hey, let's plan a date or I want to spend more time with you or I want to watch a show with you or let's go take a a ride. Call it a date. People love words, right? We love prettying (laughs) things up. Call it a date. Let's go on a date where we just go around to different restaurants getting to go food and let's eat in the car. We do that all the time. But once you call it a date, oh, it's a different thing. Yes. I like that. So the second type of, and actually this, I think has, this is what we're just talking about right now is social intimacy. Yeah. Right. And it's vital to continue dating in a relationship, but like you do, you do talk about that. I think the more, the longer you're together or, you know, all the busyness that a lot of us are consumed Mm -hmm. with, you know, children, jobs, everything else. It's like, you're not dating anymore. Well, I really like that idea. It's not, it doesn't have to be this formal thing where you're every week on Friday night. No, no, no. Like a lot of us cannot. We cannot. So get in the car and make it a date. Hey, I really like that. Or even just like making an appointment on the couch, saying, okay, tomorrow night on Saturday at seven o'clock, we're going to watch this half an hour show together. It's a date. Okay. All about shifting, right? Just shifting our perspectives and reframing the way we do things. Like you said, it doesn't have to be, you don't even have to spend money. That's the best. Dates don't always have to cost. And you're right. And that's the social intimacy that I talk about in the book is being able to um, share connection and share time to build the connection with your partner in an intentional way. Yes. So the third is financial intimacy, which mm-hmm. I imagine in your mm-hmm. practice, you are dealing a lot with the challenges that couples have in, in this, in this, in this area. Right. So this is sharing the same economic values as mm-hmm. a partner and being financially responsible. All right. Well, I imagine there's a lot of people that don't share the same financial values and you didn't know that going in or right. Well, that's the problem. Pardon me. And that is a problem when you don't know and you don't share the same financial values. That is often a problem for many people, especially people who value financial stability and security in relationships. And one of the reasons why we all, we rarely, talk about money or a couple of reasons we don't talk about money in relationships is because especially if you're a woman is 
um, it's seen as being a gold digger, right? Or it's, you're going to use me. Why are we bringing up money? But also the way that we are conditioned to view money, like what our money story is, has a lot to do with how we manage money and how we converse about money and how we bring it up in relationships. And what we know about finances and relationships is that is the number one cause for separation and divorce in relationships is financial issues. Mm -hmm. And if we got on the same page about finances before we decide to commit, but to make this a condition of commitment, we will see less people with financial issues going into the relationship because you want to, you got to create financial goals as well. You can't be with a partner. And then you, you met them. They were going to casino every weekend. Every week they're going to the casino. And then when you get married, every week they're going to the casino. And now you have a problem with it because of this commitment you've made. And now you see that there's a um, there's a bigger responsibility that is needed from them. But you have never talked about that. And so you know what they're going to say? Well, this is how you met me. That's right. I, 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 was, I was open and honest about it before. And now you've got a problem. Now you've got a problem with it. So we have to talk about that stuff. Yeah. So this, I, I really, this is, you said a lot of people, and I've, of course we've all heard this before. I don't care how much money someone makes or has. The lies. Love them because of who they are. The I lies. get it. I get it. But I don't think so because <laughs> no. finances are very, a very important part of a relationship. So you better make sure that you're on the same page. You know, people say that, but tell me, what can we do without money here? We are, what can we do without money all over the world? You can't do nothing without yeah. money. You can't you you can't pay your bills with love. <laughs> I love you today. Yeah. But these bills they yeah. gonna keep coming. And I'm gonna keep loving, but I can't I can't transfer the love I have and the love you give to the bank account and to these bill collectors. Yeah. So I'm gonna need you to have a coin. <laughs> <laughs> I need so, you to have a coin. <laughs> I love that. So um, I like this. You say being financially fit is sexy. It sure yes. is. Um, so so what if you're not financially fit? You know, mm -hmm. you come into this relationship, you've got you've got student debt, you've got, you know, your major mortgage. I mean, we all have a mortgage, right? Most of us Absolutely. do. Absolutely. So and what if you're not great with money? So how do you recommend that couples approach this? Well, I mean, I do have those questions that you ask in the book, but Lots of couples are not good and people in general are not good with money, uh, have money issues as well. And so a great way to address this is to first acknowledge that I'm, you know, I struggle when it comes down to budgeting. I struggle when it comes down to paying bills on time or saving money. Also, what's really what's really serious about money is a lot of people don't even make enough money to take care of all that's needed to take care of. Like there aren't people, like a lot of people don't even make a living wage because it's not even offered. So by default, lots of people are in um, a space of um, struggle when it comes to finances. However, we still have to acknowledge that. We still need to make a plan for how we are going to deal with the financial woes of the relationship. And talking to a financial advisor. There are lots of free programs now, lots of free budgeting tools and apps like Wave, like you need a budget. Um, so 
use those programs. Talk to your partner. Use those programs. Like I know they taught us about the Pythagorean theorem. (laughs) They didn't teach us about budgeting and taxes in school. And so now we don't know. We don't need pi 3.14. We need to know how to calculate these bills, how to calculate income to debt, how to understand that, how to pay it down. Um, So one way to do that is as a couple is to collaborate on a plan, on a way to deal with it. Like with someone who is a professional who's probably not going to cost you a lot of money because, of course, that's the issue in the first place. Start with using the free tools and the free advice that's out there with local libraries, lots of information online that you can Google as well. Yeah. Bottom line is it's really important to be on the same page when it comes to this. It doesn't matter if you have five dollars or five million. You got to be on the same page when it comes to money. So the fourth type of intimacy is spiritual intimacy. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you're really clear. This is not necessarily sharing the same religious views. Re- this is about feeling a sense of purpose and connection to each other and how we relate on a soul level to our partners. Yeah. And this is a, this is a big one. This is a huge, um, this, this does have to come with, this comes down to sharing your core values. And you, you do talk about collaborating, not compromising on your core values. Yeah. So can you, can you, can we talk about, um, and you also say that spiritual intimacy really is about working on becoming the best partner you can be and really about having integrity. Mm -hmm. Yeah. (laughs) This is so simple, but it's, this is about about having that integrity, but also the emotional intelligence that goes along with it, right. To be able to be a partner, a contributing partner, which is why I say it is best to collaborate than compromise. So when we think about compromising, some people might see that as the same thing, but I don't. Because when I think about compromising, when I see this in session with couples, someone always feels like they lose. And then they start keeping count, right? So it's like, well, the last three, the last three times you asked me to do this, I did it. Can you at least do something for me this one time, right? Mm-hmm. And so it's, I keep losing because I'm compromising. Versus collaboration, which says, how do we do what's best for the relationship? Because again, the goal of your relationship is growth. So how do we do what's best for our relationship? How can we grow with this? Um, And so you make decisions together based on what's best for the relationship. And so social intimacy is just that sense of peace and purpose that you have in a relationship. Like I say in the book, it's like, you meet someone for the first time every time, right? It's having those butterflies in your stomach. It's recognizing that this person doesn't just come with potential. They come with action, right? And the action really speaks to me on a level that I is in it, on an inexplicable level, right? I can't explain it, but I really appreciate it. And I really like it. And it makes me a better person because of the way They not only love me, but the way that they love themselves. And because of this, I am connected to this person's purpose. And that is what spiritual intimacy is all about. That is what love is all about. It is being connected, but also it is being um, concerned with someone's purpose. Like I am in love with you because I'm in love with your purpose. Mm. Yeah. 
And it's just that commitment to their purpose, right? Because they, like I said, they don't just come with potential, right? They come with purpose, purpose and, and action. So it's seeing the action because of the, whatever their purpose is. It's recognizing the action that comes with that purpose and seeing how passionate they are, recognizing their character and it illuminates, right? And it transfers um, between between each person in the relationship and it creates this connection and this bond of peace that where your relationship is built on that goal, that purpose, right? And so now you're just enthralled and not enmeshed, but you're just enthralled in each other's purpose. And once you're connected to each other, to someone's purpose, it doesn't matter um, how long you're together or how long you say you love them. Even if the relationship ends, you still love them in perpetuity because love is about the purpose and not the person. Mm, oh, I like that. I love that. That's oh, beautiful. One, one of the questions that you um, have in this section that you can ask your partner is, how can I be a better partner today? Mm-hmm. Yes. I like that. That is a great question to ask every day. Like in your good morning, beautiful text messages, skip those or ask those. (laughs) Don't skip them. Don't skip them. Don't say, look, Shamira told me not to send good morning, beautiful texts anymore. Send those, but also ask because we have different needs every day, right? So, and you can like tweak that. How can I be a better partner? How can I love you better today? How can, what's one need I can, uh, what's one wish I can grant today? Oh, I like that. I like that a lot. Yes. So the sixth is physical intimacy. This is different than sexual intimacy, which you point out. And it does get intertwined, right? People can often mistaken, right? Because they are, they are different things. And this satisfies our need for touch and skin hunger. I'd never read that before when I read that. It's skin hunger. That's yes, a real we thing. All have an innate need to be touched. And that's like a lifelong need, right? As like yeah. you, and you point out as children, as babies, we like, it's, it's a human need to be touched. And, and that's that human connection. Right. And at, at physical touch signals, I see you and you are valuable. Mm-hmm. I loved that when you pointed that out, like yes. when you, when you go up and hug somebody or touch somebody, it really it's translating to, I see you and you are valuable. And I really, that was powerful when I read that. Absolutely. Touch is absolutely important in relationships and especially touch that is just touch. That's right. right. It's, it's not in, not just always wanting like touching your partner so that it leads to sex. Yeah, absolutely. So it's not just like you said, that touch, like I'm going to, I'm going to rub on you because I want to have sex with you in about 13.2 seconds, but <laughs> it's not that touch, but it's just touch just because, because yeah. I like you. Right. That's not necessarily right. because I love you, but because I like you, right? Because I I value you and I connect with you in this way. And again, um skin hunger is a thing. Our skin gets hungry. So if we're not touched often, we feel a bit detached, we feel disconnected. We may not know that it's because of a lack of touch, but a lot of us are suffering from a lack of touch. And there are ways that we can satisfy that need without a partner. And I'll tell you some ways in a a second or in a few minutes, but um, we need to make sure that we are connecting through touch, through physical touch in our relationship. Some partners have um, 
relationship rituals where they pass each other and they smack each other on the butt. I just was touching my partner before um, I started this. Like I love his arms. So I'm always grabbing on his, he has some really big arms and I'm always like grabbing on his arms. Um, We were talking about a football player that's been in the media a lot lately and today. And I was like, I bet his arms aren't this big. Yeah. Um, So so, you know, I was touching on him a lot and he, he, t- he rubs my back. I like, I'm sure I'm a kitten because I like to be scratched <laughs> That's so <laughs> and, sweet, and I like my back rubbed and that actually feels very connecting. And when we see each other, we hug for a long time. And before we leave, we hug each other for a long time as well. I challenge everyone who's listening to this, whomever you are right now, listening to this, the next time you see your partner, hug them for 20 seconds. At least, I know I say six, a six second hug, 10 second hug, try 20 seconds. Hugs are healing as well. They can be very healing and powerful because of the physiological response that happens in our bodies. And um, one thing I talk about in the book is the skin to skin contact that is done between babies and parents when babies are born and the purpose of that. We need skin to skin contact, even as adults, right? So think about that. And if you are thinking, you know what, Shamari, you telling people to do this. I don't have no partner. Who's going to touch me? No worries. You could touch yourself. Yeah. <laughs> All pun intended. But here are some ways to satisfy your the, the need to be touched. One way is using a weighted blanket, right? So lying down a weighted blanket on you or putting on a heavy uh, robe, like a heavy cotton robe. Extra points if it's warmed up, like pop it in a dryer with some socks and put those on and it helps you to feel a little grounded because that's what touch does. It helps to ground us. Right. Um, So putting on those socks, putting on a heated or an electrical blanket, wrapping your arms around yourself, tapping yourself. Also, if you're into tapping, that's a great way to feel grounded when you don't have a partner to do this. Um, Just any any warmth. Um, throw blankets are really helpful, weighted blankets, anything that you can envelop yourself into to feel a bit, a bit more grounded is helpful. I like that. I like all of those tips. One, just a simple question you could ask your partner or even just think about with yourself. If you're not with someone is how do you like to be touched outside of sex? Yes. And you know, you might be surprised at what you hear when you ask that question of your, of somebody else. Yeah. Right. Absolutely. So the seventh is, is what all of us really want to learn more about <laughs> no, <I don't. laughs> is sexual intimacy. Yes, let's um, talk about sex. <laughs> yeah. Oh my goodness. So you say sex is mental, physical, spiritual, and emotional erotic connection between those involved. The way you show up in the relationship overall can play a significant factor in your sexual relationship. And I think that is one of the greatest lessons that you teach is that like the beginning of our conversation, if all, like all of those other five, like six that we just talked about, if you're really strong in those areas, your sexual experience in the bedroom together is going to be so much better. All right. Absolutely. So one of, one of the questions that we have from our community is what would you, um, be, Oh, Women and men have different ways that deepen a connection or connect an intimacy. It seems that when women have sex with a man, they're suddenly more connected, even if they aren't in the relationship, right? It seems men don't have these same feelings when it comes to sleeping with someone. 
In your opinion, what is the main thing that deepens a man's connection to a woman? Or what is their main act of creating deep, deeper intimacy? So if a woman, like, I think, because that is true, right? That women... Well, we, it's because of hormones, right? Oh, so yes. when we, the hormones that are released do different things in our bodies, right? So for a lot of women, when the bonding hormone is released, like, so when we're released, when we're, when we're having sex, our brain releases these endorphins and these chemicals, right? And so one of them is the connecting or bonding or love, love hormone, right? So oxytocin, when it's released, it makes us feel more connected, to our partner. It makes our, like, if we are someone who is a female, we might feel more connected just because of the nature of how the research says the hormone affects us. And if we are male, cis people, and um, it makes them go to sleep, right? It makes them go to sleep. And so then we have dopamine, right? So the dopamine is the feel good hormone. That's the hormone that lights up the part of the brain when we eat chocolate or if if we, if our partner gives us a compliment, right? So it's that high part of the brain and the way our bodies respond to the chemicals helps us to connect and not connect with each other. And I don't mean that I'm giving people who are men, I'm not giving men an out when it comes to connecting because there are different ways, like you said, like, um, the community member said there are different ways that we connect with each other. But during sex, when oxytocin is released, it makes us feel a little bit more connected. It's 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 called the bonding hormone. Right. So it makes us feel bonded together with our partner. It makes our partner feel like going to sleep. <laughs> so that's why they often go to sleep. But what ultimately connects us relationally is not necessarily the same thing that connects us sexually. So relational connection and sexual connection are often different types of connection because we can have great sex with people we don't want to be in a relationship with. Right. Um, and sometimes we can be in a relationship with people who just don't do it for us sexually as much. So it depends on, like I said, all of those other ways that we um, have to connect in the relationship and what's happening in those ways. Because a lot of times people think that sex determines what happens in the relationship and it's totally opposite. Whatever, when we, when a person comes in and they say, you know, me and my partner, we've not been having as much sex. We're not connected. We feel like roommates. Can you help us have more sex? I'm like, is that what you really want to do? Have more sex? Mm. Because what else is going on? What's going on in the relationship? And tell me about the sex before this happened. Oh, well, we were having sex often. Okay, well, what happened? What made you realize that you weren't having as much sex? Well, we started fussing about it and we were, okay, well, what's going on in the relationship? And then we realized that they don't have a great connection outside of sex. So if you don't have a great connection outside of sex, if you're not including that social intimacy, you're not finding ways to be intentional with your partner. And if you're only touching them when you want to have sex, yeah. and if they aren't having the sex that feels good to them, they aren't orgasming when they have sex. Or if it's not pleasurable, guess what? They're not going to want to have sex with you. Who? I'm not going to keep going to the same amusement park if I'm not amused. Yes. Okay. So it's all about finding Where's the breakdown in the relationship that might be contributing to the reason why we're not connecting in the bedroom? And if you get the book and read the book, then you might be able to identify or something might pop out and you might say, you know what? This is, I need, I need this section. We need to talk about this type of intimacy because you know what? We, every month we're behind in bills and what might need to happen is 
You might need to do some shifting in roles. I know you're responsible for paying the bills every month, but we're noticing that we're kind of keep, we keep getting these late notices and disconnect. I, what if I did it? And what if you did this one? Because you're better at this than me. When you focus on the strength in the relationship, that also makes the sex better because you are, you have less things to worry about. So when you think about sex and you think about the connection in the relationship, and if that's not there, where is the relationship disconnected? In what areas? And that is where you focus. You don't focus on sex. Sex is not the issue. Yeah. It's not about the sex. I promise you. If, so you said sexual intimacy involves whatever forms of erotic stimulation a person determines that brings them sexual pleasure. So it's so important to know what turns your partner on, even if you've been together for a long time, because obviously that can change over time, right? Yeah, absolutely. So absolutely. You, you list touch, masturbation, kinks, fetishes, BDSM. Like, I, I don't know. I, I really don't know much about like some of those things, right? But my, my partner may be into that. So it's yeah. important to have these conversations. There you go. Yes. And that's really what this is about. It's about sitting down and being like, okay, I know we've been together for 20 years or whatever, however long it's been. And things may be a little bit um, not great in the bedroom. So we really need to talk about this. Or, like, do you want, like, do you want to entertain getting into kink or what are your fetishes? Those, those sorts of conversations. It could be embarrassingly been in the beginning because you're, you're, you don't know, but really it's, it's such important conversation to have. It is because you get to learn more about your partner and yourself. And like you said, you don't have to act on these things in order to know them. Um, you can know them for the information and maybe in the future because we change. Our desires change. Fantasies change. Things that we say we would never do. We're pros at them. Okay, hello, somebody. <laughs> um, and things that we say we want to do, just not right now. We might not ever do. So that's why use your mouth is created. It's through get the conversation started so that you can have the intimacy that you desire in your relationship. Yeah. So let's talk about scheduling sex. Okay, we talked yes. about this during the Instagram live and I'm a, I'm, I'm a huge advocate of this because I believe, yes, if it's important, you prioritize it. And if you're not having it, well, then you better schedule it. Right. Yeah. But I, you know, what the fun thing is in my mind, I went, I went to this place of like, okay, Friday, you know, 9 PM. <laughs> Everybody no, that's not it. That's not it. It doesn't, that's not what yeah, you're talking it's about. It's not Friday. Look, put me on your, put me on your calendar. Get your phone out. Okay. Well, let's do this Friday. What you got on your, okay. Yeah. Friday. That's not going to work. What about, it's not. Okay. Look, Friday, 9 PM, be in the bedroom on your back missionary, three and a half minutes. No, 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 no. no. You, you, this could be as simple as, you know, I'm taking the kids to school. I'll be back at, you know, 830. You, you got 10, 20 minutes. Okay, perfect. Like that's okay. That that's is actually scheduling, scheduling it because you're talking about it beforehand. It's just Absolutely. not what you're saying. You're agreeing. You're talking and agreeing on it. Yes. That's, it's as not, me. it's not all about like hundred percent spontaneity because it probably is not going to happen. So actually the scheduling piece, you're not talking about like weeks in advance. It's about, it could be literally like half an hour beforehand. Okay. We're scheduling it for now or later on tomorrow afternoon. I have got a break in my schedule. Yeah. Like, yes, Absolutely. It's yeah. about making, it's about prioritizing it in a way that works for you. Because like we know couples are busy, especially couples with families and children and careers, you're busy. And sometimes 
sex is put on the side as a result. And if we want to make sure we're prioritizing sex because it's important to the relationship, then you might need to schedule it, right? It might be okay. And it might look like every Saturday because the kids are going to be at swimming. So every Saturday between, between 10 and 12, that's our time, right? Or, you know, let's, we're going on a date tonight and maybe after the date, um, don't eat. If you want to want to have sex, do not eat a lot of food on your date. <laughs> not going to happen, okay? You're going to be too full. But it's all about that yeah. intention behind it, right? Yeah. So um, people talk about spontaneity. It's a myth in long-term relationships or in relationships where you have children. Spontaneity doesn't always happen, especially like what other things are we doing spontaneously in our relationships? Like we rarely engage in things. We don't just show up at the salon and say, hey, I'm here. I want you to cut my hair at 10 a.m. Girl, you didn't schedule an appointment, so you're not getting no haircut up here at 10 a.m., right? So we rarely do things spontaneously. And why are we putting so much pressure on having spontaneous sex? Who told us that we had to have sex spontaneously? Well, it's the movies. It's it's so... (laughs) so We know that movies are fake, so let's not... Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Let's always do what works for us. Once you figure out the secret of a relationship is doing what works for you, you're going, I'm telling you, you're going to fly and you're going to have all the sex that you need, that you want to have because it's going to be sex that works for you. And once you start communicating about sex and talking about what sex is to you and what it means to you and what you determine is sex and how to have sex, even when intercourse isn't an option, right? Sexual intimacy, as I talk about in the book, you will see that your relationship is going to feel much lighter because you're going to release yourselves from the bondage and the pressure of sex. Yeah. Or what just you enjoy. think sex is. And the only thing that's left is pleasure. Yeah. Okay. Oh, I really, really like that. So this is, a, this. we're going to switch the topic here. I mean, it's really, it's not, it's not really switching the topic at all, but I wanted to talk to you about ethical non-monogamy because mm-hmm. uh, you know, I've got um, friends that are single women looking for a partner and they, they're, t- they're telling me that they're seeing this in profiles that people are listing. Either I'm interested in, in it, whether they are married and they're looking for another partner um, yeah. or they want it and they're single. Um, so we've recently seen a rise in ethical non-monogamy yeah. and more people are engaging in it and talking about it. Can yeah. you tell us what it what it is and what tools yeah. you use in counseling couples who are interested in opening their relationships? Yeah. So ethical non-monogamy is, a, is non-monogamy. It's also called consensual non-monogamy. And so this basically, of course, is the opposite of monogamy. So it means that you and your partner decide to have a non-monogamous relationship. Hence ethical, right? So it's not, I'm doing this and my partner doesn't know I have another partner that lives in another city and I see them on the weekend and my partner doesn't know. It's we made a mutual agreement and consent is involved and we have an agreement about this. And so this is one of my specialties in my practice. And so even before it became as uh, popular in main, mainstream media um, or in pop culture, People were engaging in ethical non-monogamy and other forms of uh, non-monogamy. So there's polyamory, 
Um, there's open relationship, there's swinging relationships, there's, you know, relationship that's kinky and BDSM. So of course, in swinging relationships, that's when couples, they meet up with other couples to have sex. And so this is often considered a lifestyle, right? And referred to as the lifestyle because in swinging relationships, this often happens in like swinging clubs or on trips, um, so, and often couples who engage in swinging, they usually have specific people that they swing with, right? Or it's in swinging is we used to call it partner swapping. So, right. There's hard swapping where you are going all in, where you have an intercourse and then there's soft swapping where you talk about what you're not going to do. Usually it's probably oral sex and some other types of sex. Right. And then there's open relationships where you aren't necessarily, um, in a, romantic relationship with a specific person, but you have an agreement that you can have sex with other people. And then there's polyamory where it, of course, polyamory meaning multiple loves, but polyamory, which means different things to different people, uh, which means that you are in simultaneous romantic relationships. So the difference between polyamory and open relationships is um, the romantic relationship aspect. So you're likely in some form of a romantic relationship with the goal of being in long-term situations with people. Um, sometimes your partners are involved and sometimes they are not. So there are different options and rules and different types of relationships that go into these relationship styles. And so when couples ask about it, I always ask them to consider their why. When you, when you think about opening up your relationship or going into an ethically non-monogamous relationship style, always consider your why. What's my reasoning for wanting to do this, right? Is it because I read it or I saw it on a movie and it looks fun? Or is it something that my partner and I have been talking about? How do you bring it up with your partner, right? That's another question that people often have is, how do I bring this up with my partner? We've been monogamous for 37,000 years. How do I bring this up to them without them feeling like I want to walk out on them or I'm going to cheat? And so again, that's where having regular conversations about the relationship comes into play, which is where you could use the use your mouth cards, which is different from the book. Um, but the cards help you to have ongoing conversations about sex in your relationship. And so you can ask them, you know, look, I read something about people being polyamorous or having this type of relationship. Have you heard, what do you hear about it? Have you heard anything? What are your thoughts on this? Here are my thoughts on it. So you could, it starts with a conversation. Yeah. Um, therapists who specialize, um, and when I say specialize, I just mean that, you know, as an ASEC certified sex therapist, I have received um, extensive and ongoing currently uh, specific training to be able to understand different lifestyles and different types of sexual diversity. So that just means that we are a bit more knowledgeable about this, but we are not experts on anybody's individual lives. So what we do is we help you navigate what this looks like for you in your own life. So one way to, to see what this might look like is look at the, read the book, Opening Up. That is a good book to read about just opening up the relationship and just different types of um, ethical non-monogamous, ethically non-monogamous relationships that are out there. Excellent. One of our community questions is, my girlfriend implied that if she were to sleep with a woman, it wouldn't be cheating as it's with someone of the same gender. I don't feel like that's true. We're in a monogamous relationship and I expect neither of us to have sex with anyone else. Yeah. I don't really know what else to say about it to her. Any advice? 
Absolutely. I mean, you said it. So one of the things that comes up and another question from the card deck is, what is your definition of cheating? Mm. A lot of couples assume what cheating is and, and they think, oh, if you just have sex with someone else. But sometimes it's having secret conversations with other people. It depends on your relationship. And so you have to set the boundary, the cheating. I call it the cheating boundary. You have to set the cheating boundary in the relationship where you talk about what cheating means for you, because this is going to differ in many relationships. And you and your partner have to agree and understand what each person identifies or recognizes as cheating in the relationship. So if you are like, listen, if you have any type of sexual contact with anyone, that's cheating for me. Can you agree that that's cheating and that that's something we won't do because that is a violation to our relationship. Mm -hmm. And so you have to have those conversations. So if you've been in a monogamous relationship for a long time or a short time, and you've never had the cheating boundary conversation, this is a great time to say, listen, I was just listening to Real Love Ready and they were talking about cheating. Um, let's, what What do you consider cheating? Is this, would you consider this cheating? Go, go off your list, check it down your list. Would you consider this cheating? What about if a coworker brought me a gift? Would you consider that cheating? What about if I went to lunch with someone you didn't know? What about if you were out of town and I invited a group of people over, um, that you've never seen before. And we all slept in the same bed together, <laughs> make it, but we didn't have any intercourse. Is that cheating? Yeah. Well, it's clear from this question that the, the two of them have a different definition of cheating. They got to get on so, the same page. Yes, they do. So something you have also said is that there's still a lot of work to be done when it comes to therapists being more affirming, knowledgeable, and accessible to LGBTQIA folks, right? Mm -hmm. What changes would you like to see in, in the yes. future around that? Well, so one of those, the changes I would like to see is an increase in sex positivity amongst therapists, right? Mm -hmm. So be, being non-judgmental, um, non-shaming, empowering and supportive of people's sexual desires and sexual identities and lives as long as they aren't harming other people. And that's it. Yes. I think if we could be a bit more sex positive and we view sex in a more intersectional way and take some of our own implicit bias out of it um, and take a lot of and all of the patriarchy out of sex and stop policing women's bodies and amplify pleasure. I think, think we'd be better off as therapists who are able to support clients, um, their sexual, we'd be able to support the sexual needs of our clients. Yeah. Well, I'm just, I, I'm just so incredibly grateful that we met yes, and, and thankful for all the time that you've given us at Real Love Ready. Oh, <laughs> and um, anytime. <laughs> so, so where, where can everybody find you? I know you've got your website called On the Green Couch. Quickly, mm -hmm. where did you come up with, is this because your therapy office has a green couch? I have a green couch in my yeah. office. <laughs> Absolutely. And so my office was, well, my practice was at initially called Conquest Counseling, but I've always had the green couch. And so I would make posts on Instagram at sexologist Shamira. And um, I would say today, hashtag on the green couch we discussed and then I would list so many different issues that we discussed and people would see me in Whole Foods or in a store in a neighborhood and they would say hey I need to come sit on that green couch and talk about insert whatever type of sexual issue they wanted to talk about and so I was like you know what 
I rebranded and I decided to go with On the Green Couch because that is what people um, identify the practice by. So, yeah, I mean, onthegreencouch.com, you can go on my website and download a free simple communication um, form that I have there for you and your partner to get your communication on. But also that's where you can find the book and the use your mouth, sex and relationship conversation starter cards and the dating guide. But if you want to come and just chill with me, come join me on social media. So I am at sexologist, <laughs> at sexologist Shamira everywhere. So on Instagram, not everywhere, because I can't do TikTok and all the other stuff. So just catch me on Instagram or Facebook and on YouTube. Yes. Well, we will. And we will continue to work together, Shamira. We will, I because that- I love talking to you. You have the best of voice. It's so calming and your aura is very inviting. So oh, thank I you. I feel the same way about you. Oh, <laughs> thank yeah. you, Shamira. It's my pleasure, and Robin. Wish you the greatest day. Oh, and um, we'll definitely be in touch. Thank you again. We will do something soon. Okay. Bye-bye. Thank you, Robin. Bye. Please visit realloveready.com to become a member of our community. Submit your relationship questions for our podcast experts at reallovereadypodcast at gmail.com. We read everything you send. Be sure to rate and review this podcast. Your feedback helps us get you the relationship advice and guidance you need. The Real Love Ready podcast is recorded and edited by Maya Anstey. Transcriptions by otter.ai and edited by Maya Anstey. We at Real Love Ready acknowledge and express gratitude for the Coast Salish people, the stewards of the land on which we work and play, and encourage everyone listening to take a moment to acknowledge and express gratitude for those that have stewarded and continue to steward the land that you live on as well.